This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3411 for Monday, the 30th of August 2021. Today's show is entitled Dominion Card Game and is part of the series Tabletop Gaming. It is hosted by Klaatu and is about 28 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is Klaatu talks about the Dominion Card Game. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hey everybody, this is Klaatu, Hacker Public Radio. In this episode, I want to talk about Dominion. Dominion is a game that I first tried at a gaming convention about three or four years ago and hated it. Could not stand it. Thought it was just the dumbest game because it never really felt like you were playing a game. I sat down and the people who were going to sort of show the game off for me um, told me to pick some cards and I picked some cards and then... He told me to pick some more cards, and so I picked some more cards. And some things happened, and then pick some more cards. And you were just, like, sort of building your deck. And then when you're done, uh, the game was over. And it just seemed really weird. I, th- I thought, where's the game part of this game? Well, it turns out, now that I've revisited it with a clearer understanding of how the game works, it turns out that Dominion is a deck-building game. In the truest sense, uh, the game is building your deck. You are building a deck of cards from a selection of different cards, and the goal is to end up with a deck of cards that has more victory points in it than your opponents have in theirs. Victory points are earned by you owning land. And the land can be of different kinds, um, allowing for different expansion sets and so on, or or rather ignoring the the different expansion sets and so on. It can be, uh, the land can be a, um, a, a, something like an estate, a duchy, or a province. Duchy, estate, province is, is order of value, I think. The duchies being worth one victory point, estates being worth three, and then provinces being worth five. I might get some of those terminologies wrong. I, I can't. I can picture the card, but I can't necessarily picture the the word labeling what the card is. But it's one, three, and five. Those are the the values, the the victory point values of those lands. The way that you get those lands is that you pay for them in dominion money so you're you you have to collect you have to get so the the first couple of things that you need in your deck then is money you need money in your deck so that you can then purchase lands to put into your deck so you get something like um, seven coppers for free in your initial deck seven coppers and three victory points it's a pretty good deal just for starting the game. You get seven seven monies and three victories. 
Well, it turns out that that's not all that great, but we'll get into that in a moment. So, you, that means you have ten cards in your hand, which you then shuffle, and you draw the top five cards off of that deck. So now you have a hand of five cards. This is your starting hand. And with that starting hand, you can do two things. That's the, the rules of the game, the base rules of Dominion are that you can take one action and one buy. B-U-Y. You can purchase and buy something. That That's the base rules of the game. So if, if nothing else happens in the game, it'll just be you and an opponent or a group of opponents doing some action and doing and then doing a purchase. And the purchase, you, you have money in your hand to you, with which you can purchase things. So if you drew a hand of five copper right off the top of the deck, then you could spend five copper on more cards to put into your deck. Like I say, the game here is building a deck. So throughout the game, your goal is always, pretty much, to get more stuff in your deck. What you put in your deck is where the strategy happens. Because, of course, you could just spend five copper on buying an estate. And you could do that several times over the course of the game. And uh, and then you would end the game. You would have all the estates. The game would eventually end, because there's no more estates to purchase, or something like that. Now, the problem with that, with that strategy would be that, you know, okay... You got lucky when you drew your first hand of five cards. You got five copper. That's a good hand. That's a good starting hand. But what about the the, the next hand? Well, we already know what that's going to contain because we can we, we we know what the deck consisted of. It had seven copper and three estates. No, three duchies, three victory points. So that means your next hand, you discarded one. You you discarded five coppers. Your next hand is going to have two coppers in it. That's not enough to buy anything. So that's one turn that you've now wasted because you don't have enough money in your hand to really do anything. Uh, those victory points are useless during the game. So you can uh, you can purchase another copper for free. That coppers actually cost like zero zero monies. You can just get that for free. So you could use your buy action to get another copper. And then you have three coppers. And maybe you could get something for three coppers, but it's, you know, it's, it's sort of diminishing returns if you're just going to buy more copper and more copper and more copper and victory points. You just start to clutter up your hand with stuff that you just don't have a whole lot of, of useful cards. And, um, even with, like, if, if your maximum hand size is five, and you can only have five coppers, you, you have coppers, so the maximum money you're ever going to have in a hand is five coppers, well, that'll never be enough to purchase the really good things, like a province, which I think is eight monies. So, that wouldn't, that's not going to go very far, so... Eventually, you, you quickly you learn that the strategy here is to maximize the value of each of your hands. And so when you draw a hand of cards, you want to ensure 
that there's a high probability that you're going to draw some high-value money cards. So there's not just copper, there's also silver and gold. Silvers are worth um, something like, let's say, four monies, maybe? No, three monies. Or maybe four, three or four monies. And then gold is worth six monies. So that's that's where the really good stuff comes from. But in order to get that gold, you have to purchase it. You have to pay Dominion money for it. Um, so your strategy becomes to convert your copper, you know, buy to buy silver with your copper, so that the next next hand that you purchase that you draw will maybe contain you know two coppers but also a silver and well that's practically six monies right there it might be five i forget how much silvers are are worth for whatever reason um but you know you're you're maximizing your the value of your hand and then you can keep purchasing up you can purchase gold you can purchase more gold and then more gold and the next thing you know your hands when you're drawing your hands you're getting two and three golds in your hand at a time, giving you nine, twelve, fifteen purchasing uh, points. That's a valuable hand, and you can get valuable stuff for that much, for that much Dominion money. So, that's just kind of the purchasing aspect of it. There's another aspect, which is hacking the rules, so that instead of only getting one action or one buy you're getting more than one action one more than one buy action so the cards that you are using or the cards that you have to choose from to build up your deck during the game are randomized I mean you don't have to randomize them if you have a set of cards that you prefer to play with but uh, quite a lot of cards come with the base set of Dominion and the the idea is that you you randomize the assortment that you're going to use. And so you have different piles of cards, and each turn you have the option to take a to, to make a purchase. So sometimes you'll have two, sometimes you'll have three, sometimes you'll have four, five monies, and you can purchase a card with that in-game money. And sometimes those cards grant you special abilities. Well, usually those cards grant you special abilities that aren't written in the base rules. Remember, the base rules is take one action, take one buy. That's it. That's what you can do. So these cards that you can purchase with in-game money grant you special abilities. For instance, the, I think the, the village card. The village card grants you the ability I'm kind of making things... I mean, there's definitely a village card, and I'm forgetting the specific abilities of that card, but let's say that it's a village card, and let's say that it does something like... It gives you um, one more action. It allows you to draw one more card during your turn, and it gives you two monies for that turn. So now you've purchased this card... And with it, because of this card, you now can take an extra action during your turn. You can draw another card as well, so that's nice. And you get two floating monies, not tied to a card at all, that you can then add to your total purchase. Um, 
equity, I guess, or assets, whatever. So that's nice. And then you can kind of imagine what would happen if you got two villages or two festivals, whatever it is. Um, two villages, let's say. Then you've got one action and one card and two monies. So you can play that card, but now you've got another action from that card, so you can now play another village and get another action, another card, and two more gold. So just from just from playing these two cards, you, you've chained these two cards together. You've gotten four four money for 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 nothing for just just during a turn, and and you get to add that four monies to whatever coins you happened to draw in your hand for that that turn. Um, there are other cards that do other things, like I think the I think it's the marketplace maybe allows you to take a an extra action and an extra buy. So now you can leverage that kind of card such that you're um, you know building up your the the money in your hand, but instead of only being able to purchase one thing with that money, you can purchase two things with that money. I mean, is that if you do accidentally uh, amass 16 money for one turn, and you're looking at the at the table, and you're realizing, well, there's nothing here worth 16 money. I've got too much money and not enough to spend it on. Well, if you have a market card, you can play that, and that'll give you, or whatever it is. Let's say it's a market card. You can play that, and it'll give you two separate buy actions, so or buy buy phases. And then you could split that 16 money into two eights, or into one five and one three, um, or into two fives, or you know whatever you whatever you see on the table that is within 16 money, you can you can purchase two of those things, and that comes in really handy sometimes. Uh, and the, you know just imagine all the variations, right? I mean, there's cards that do other things, like there's a card that lets you discard the clutter from your hand and then redraw to replace them. That's the seller card. I know that one. Uh, yeah, that's a useful card, because now you, you, you look at your hand, you've got two lousy copper, and uh, maybe, heck, maybe you have three lousy copper and then two victory points. That's not a good hand. That's not a fun hand. So discard those two victory points, and discard... Let's gamble a little bit and discard one of those coppers in hopes of drawing something better. So now you got two coppers. Well, draw back up to five, and let's say on a good day, you buy, um, you, you draw uh, two silver and a gold. Well, now you've got three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine monies to spend on something. That'll get you a province. So that's five, five victory points right there, because provinces are worth five or something like that. So, in other words, you can kind of split things off, double up, rearrange turns and purchases, and sort of maximize what you're putting into your deck. The cost here, or, or the drawback, or the, the danger here, is that the more you put into your deck, the more random your deck becomes. Or potentially, you could put a bunch of the same cards into your deck so that you essentially always know what you're getting. But in practice, because there are certain things that, that you might want to structure your deck around, 
Like, okay, well, I need more actions so that I can maximize my floating money. And if I get all that money, I'm going to need another buy act, another buy phase. So you start, you, you do start to sort of build up your deck with with different cards. And the more random it becomes, and then the more money you earn, the less valuable, like the copper, the copper pieces are, because now they're just lousy one, one money cards, and you're you're living in a world of three money, you know, th- th- two and three monies, or whatever it is. Um, and so you start to de, you know, things start to lose their value in, in sort of the imme- in the sense of immediacy, uh, and even victory points. Well, from the start, they're value less. I mean, they're very valuable once the end of the game occurs, but during the game, they're they're just clutter. They are taking up space in your hand that could be occupied by valuable money cards, and so that's the that's the strategy that you have to sort of consider. You have to figure that out as you're building your deck. So the cool thing about Dominion, I think, is that, well, I mean, it's, it's a really, really fun game, first of all. You can build, you can build several kinds of uh, engines, as it were, within Dominion. Uh, you can figure out what the correct combination of cards is, given the card selection on the table for that game which is different than the card selection in the game before, and it'll be different from the one in the game, the, the next game that you play, because it's you randomize the card selection. And so you figure out these, these engines, and sometimes you'll get the cards that you really sort of are familiar with and like, and they have all the things that you want. They have all the extra actions, and all the draw new cards, and all the, the buy extra buy phases... And other times you won't get those. You'll get you'll get a selection of cards that give you bunches of actions, but only one buy phase. And so you have to kind of rework your maybe default strategy and think, well, in this game, I never want to have more than exactly the amount of money that I have because I'll never be able to spend more than that because I only have I can only make one purchase every turn. And then in other games, you'll be You'll have an embarrassment of purchases. You'll, you'll be able to make as many buy uh, actions as you want. It won't matter to you. Uh, but maybe you'll have something else that's missing. Who knows? So, that's, um, that's sort of the strategy. That's the, the variations that you're going to be dealing with in Dominion. And it's a lot, a lot of fun. Um, and I've seen people uh, develop sort of engines that force other players to draw um, to draw cards and so the idea there is that you're just going to keep you know you're, you're forcing your your other players to clutter up their hand with stuff that they can't they can't use they know they can't use it they don't want them but you're forcing them to draw more cards or engines that force people to discard cards and then you're starving them, right? So your play, your your opponents might have a great hand, but then you play this militia card and forcing them to draw down, you know, to discard two cards, and suddenly they've got a much less great hand, and so on. So there there are lots of avenues to success. There are lots of different ways to play the game. There are different ways to enjoy the game too. I mean. Everyone likes to win, but not everyone has the same win condition. So, 
I mean, I've definitely played games of Dominion where I don't, I'm not prioritizing the the, the publicly recognized definition of, of winning Dominion, uh, and instead I'm curious as to whether I can successfully build a strategy or an engine around this, you know, the, the, the um, I forget the name, the um, artisan card. You can can it be done? What happens if if we do that, or or what happens if we really really maximize the use of um, the century card? What, what what how does that affect the deck? So there's a lot of just sort of I guess exploration of components in Dominion that that makes it enjoyable in a way that maybe doesn't you, you might not expect at first. The gameplay itself is really clever, I think, because it has. It has a bunch of constraints on top of it that that other games um, have to handle in a different way. Uh, Dominion does it by saying, "Well, you can all you can only draw five cards at the beginning of your turn, and that's all you get. You only get one purchase um, action. You only get or one purchase phase. You only get one action, and then it lets you break all of those w- rules." But you, there's always a cost to that, and so on. So, um, you know, the way that, for instance, Magic the Gathering limits your your abilities during a turn is essentially through the mana mechanic, and you only you can only play one land per turn, and so you have to build up ma- a mana base before you can start doing more powerful. The, the 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 most powerful actions you've built into your deck, and you also don't know when those things are going to happen. So the deck is kind of it, the, the randomness of your deck is a component that you have to account for. And sometimes you're going to draw that nine mana creature that you, you at the wrong time. You'll you'll draw that early in the game, and you'll never be able to play that because by the time you get nine mana, that card's long gone. Now you might have built your deck with some recursion and. And so on, but but generally speaking, you know that that can happen. Um, whereas in Dominion, it's a different mechanic; it's a different sensibility because you know in Dominion that your deck is just going to keep cycling around. So you know that if you have that one card in your hand that you really really want to come up, it'll come back up. It, it, you just keep cycling your deck, and so it will definitely appear again. Whether it will appear in conjunction with another card that you want to use it with. Well, you just have to buy more of those cards and try to increase the probability of you drawing those cards together then. Does that does that go well with your overall strategy? Maybe, maybe not. So there's it's a really, really clever way of of pacing in Dominion that I, I really admire. I think it's um it's quite cleverly done. It's you know, it can be frustrating, it can be rewarding, it can be all those different things. And Dominion is often cited as um, sort of the the flat-rate Magic the Gathering game, which always used to confuse me, because I, I thought, well, that's it's nothing at all like Magic the Gathering, except that it's a deck-building game. But now that I know how to play it, I understand a lot more of why people would say that it kind of, I guess, scratches uh, this maybe not the same itch, but a similar itch as Magic: The Gathering, because it it does have that deck building. You know what's in your deck. You're designing your deck to have synergy, and you're ideally leveraging the cards that you've put into your deck. Um, you know to to construct these little in-game engines that 
produce value for you, whether that value is more turns or more purchases or more money. It just kind of depends on on what you're, what you're building. So Dominion, it is a really cool game. It comes as a base set for probably, I don't know, let's say 50 US dollars, 80 New Zealand dollars. Uh, it's got a bunch of cards. It's got lots of different kinds of actions. So there's there's actions where you can look at cards on your, in your deck and then replace them in any order. There's actions to draw new cards. There's actions to put a negative one victory point into your opponent's deck. There's actions to co- force people to discard cards and so on. So there's a lot of different sort of abilities. Um, and and so that, that gives you a lot of variety to work with. And that's just the base set. There are lots and lots of, ex- lots and lots of expansions with different yet different kinds of cards. So there are expansion sets with, you know, um, with different themes. So intrigue, you might have, I don't know, let's say a um, a thief mechanic where you, you get to look at the top card of your, top couple of cards of your opponent's deck, and if it's a, if it's money, you get to steal the money, or, or something like that. And I, I, actually, I think that is a card, and I think it is in the base deck. But you get the idea. There's, there's, more cards, more abilities, more r- ways to break the rules, and um, lots and lots of different, like probably 10 expansion decks. So so if you get bored of your base deck, you can always expand and try new cards and try new strategies. Um, it's a great two-player game. It's a great four-player game. That's th- Those are the two configurations that I've, that I've played the game in, and um, I highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. There's probably a whole other episode talking about sort of um, the way that Dominion presents itself. I think that's an interesting, an interesting study. Uh, maybe too critical for an episode. I'll, I'll have to think about how to sort of maybe talk about that in a constructive um, way. But um, yeah, Dominion, it, it's a lot of fun. It's genuinely a lot of fun. I highly recommend it. If, if you've been... If you if you are intrigued by by the idea of either deck building or sort of using the components of a game to sort of build your own mini games within the game, then I, I think Dominion could be an interesting thing for you. So I do I do recommend it. I think it's a lot of fun. If you've never played it and you just kind of want to try it, you can go to I think Dominion Game or Dominion Games plural. I'll have to put that in the show notes either way. Uh, there, but there's a free-to-play sort of base set online that you can play. You can play against real people. You can play against bots. Uh, it's a lot of fun. So um, if you don't if you don't have the physical set yet, or you're, you're not sure you want to invest in the physical set, you can try it out online. But I do recommend. Uh, well, I recommend both. But I, I definitely I, I've got the physical set now, and um, it is. I was borrowing a physical set from some friends, and and just liked it so much that I went out and purchased the the physical set because it's it's well worth the investment a lot of fun so that's it that's that's Dominion um, thanks for listening to this episode of Hacker Public Radio I'll talk to you next time you've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link 
to find out how easy it really is. Hecka Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license. Thank you.